We're starting to venture out in the world more, which means our wardrobe needs a little revamp. Yes, and that's where our friends at Dean and Co. come in. They have so many cute dresses right now that would be perfect for a first date. Right, Alex? Nikki's right. I just grabbed one for my next date. Dean Co. is giving you 30% off your first order right now when you use our code SWIPEFAT. Check out dia.com slash SWIPEFAT to start shopping and use our code SWIPEFAT to grab something that screams hot girl summer. I'm putting that song in on when I edited last episode on the plane. Oh, God. Like, I swear the man next to me could hear. I'm sure he was like, get a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Get a girl. (laughs) Yes. So how was that first date? I know. I had my first Bumble date back in the game. Woohoo! Dating girl summer dating girl summer um I was pleasantly surprised yeah yeah what'd you guys do we just went and got drinks Mm -hmm. um at this bar in the south loop and um I think I went in with very low expectations and like we had a good time we shut the bar down okay Um, yeah so like we had a good time and um I left and I was like okay normal guys do exist like yay like normal nice guys who respect you and like say it and do all the right things you know did he drink as much as you did he doesn't drink okay yeah oh so I had three wines and he had zero okay but he wasn't judgy yeah three wines Alex is a good time she's a great time she's a little buzzy yeah 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 she was good I didn't do anything weird no okay good uh, I got asked on a second date. Oh! So we do have a second date coming up. Oh my God. I know. That's big news. That is big news. Was I there know. a kiss at the end of the date? There was no kiss. No A kissing. good hug? Yeah, there was a semi, I think I left feeling like I want you to kiss me and you didn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. But then he texted me right away. So I was like, okay, so there's interest. Maybe he's just trying to be polite. Yeah, we were also like on this on a sidewalk. It wasn't yeah. like romantic at all. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna dock points for that. Okay. That's good. I'm excited. Yeah. I know. I know a lot a lot of people because I put in my stories, my personal stories, yes. that I was going on a date. And I got a lot of people messaging me and asking uh, why I was going on a date since I am dating Colorado. Colorado. I was wondering if Colorado saw your Insta story saying you were going on a date. Yeah. One, per- him one of my him. guy friends was like, are you trying to make him jealous? <laughs> I was like, no, first of all, he hasn't, he had, like, doesn't go on Instagram. I know we met on Instagram and he does not go on Instagram regularly um, any longer. Um, so I knew he wasn't going to see them, but okay. uh He's still in the picture in theory. I mm-hmm. think that, you know, things have been, we talked about this on the last episode, but he's been slightly MIA, um, just not as communicative. And uh, so I just think that we need to keep options open at this point. Like, you know, I know what I want and someone who can't communicate is not one of them. So <laughs> uh, if that continues, you know, like you're going to have to, we'll have to move on. So this is step one of that. And you know am I sad about that yes of course of course um you know I really like him so Mm -hmm. that was that will suck but you know something that you just have to like 
but you can't make somebody do what like give you what you want like if he's not willing to like meet you halfway Mm -hmm. yeah and I think you know like there's a lot of history there on like stuff in his past and Mm -hmm. like obviously not going to get into it but it's like you know you have to figure out your own stuff like I can't help you do that yeah so we can't fix somebody they can like do the work themselves we can be supportive but Mm -hmm. we we can't do it all we can't want it more than they do correct yeah I also I don't want to be chasing like I'm over that you know like I that's old Alex low vibe energy I am not about chasing I'm about attracting yes so that's where we are I know what about you Nikki what's going on in your world Mm, she's made some drunk mistakes Mm -hmm. um well that's what happens when you're at a different elevation yeah, Denver and I do not get along. <laughs> Denver and I are, do not get along. I lost my favorite leather jacket there. Um, I should I have got, sent you to Colorado's house. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Um, Why don't you yeah. want this glorious woman? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I would, probably the day that I would have been able to do that, I was instead hungover in my bed from altitude in like, altitude sickness slash hungover because I was not warned about needing to prehydrate before I get to Denver like I was told like hey you're gonna get drunker quicker but they weren't like hey you should probably be drinking Gatorades and all these bottles of water on the plane instead I was drinking wine so I went got to Denver dehydrated and I stayed that way as hard as I tried to fix myself you know then you know yeah. I, I went to bar like I m- made friends with the bartenders um and uh they gave me all these places to go one girl first time I met she goes okay I want you to go to this bar ask for max I'm gonna get you laid ask for max oh my god then she like gave me other places and she's like okay go to this bar girl I'm gonna get you laid oh my god I'm gonna get you laid and I was like "Uh, uh, uh, okay yeah that's so awkward yeah she's like he's your you're his type you're his type and I was like but what if he's not my type um I did go what to one of the bars. I did meet Max. You did meet Max? I did meet Max. I did a shot with him. Okay. Uh, he made me a really shitty old fashioned. And then I, <laughs> I walked. <laughs> I wait, walked. wait. Did Max making you a shitty old fashioned give you the ick? Um, no, he gave me the ick before he made I okay. took a sip of the drink. Um, yeah. And then um well, I then this lead in well to what we're gonna talk with Cheyenne about because it felt like maybe a little fetishy. Oh, because she was like, yeah, yeah. She was like, oh, he's your type. He, uh, he's you're, your... His, you're his right. type. You're right. his type. Yeah. Like wh- why? Like I'm a girl in a dress and combat boots, like, and I'm fat. Like, how am I his type? That's, um, I, I wasn't bold enough to ask her that, but yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm super excited for today's episode because we have Cheyenne M. Davis joining us. Yeah. We had her on what? 15 episodes ago. Uh, everybody I know everybody loved her we talked about fat friendliness on dating apps Mm -hmm. and she's kind of blown up a little bit since that she's written more articles um she's doing this fun series where she posts different like topics on her Instagram and she just posted one about chubby chasing and fat fetishes and I was like we need to have her on 100% because we talk about this all the time but having an expert I think will it'll be interesting (laughs) Ted thinks it'll be interesting too. I know, Ted. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hi, Cheyenne. 
it's like what it's so extra it used to not do that now it does it the first time I was alarmed (laughs) (laughs) the first time you're in there yeah it wants you to have consent (laughs) oh yeah and then normally you have to consent did it ask you for consent consent yes yeah okay cool I mean at least it's doing that yeah it wants people are probably recording people without their consent Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. being sneaky yeah so I hate it here <laughs> think about like zoom dates like I fucking that, hate like it people here. were like doing weird things like not weird things on zoom but say you were like having sexy time on zoom and the guy was recording and you had no idea yeah. I just thought about that it's a good point well it's <laughs> a good point so while you were going to get a tissue I was talking to Cheyenne and I was like you she said how busy she's been I was like within 15 weeks she, she's basically blown up like she was yeah. busy before but like all of a sudden you're everywhere I know girl I love this journey for you thank you I appreciate that <laughs> I'm like well that. deserved well yeah. deserved so I saw you posted about chubby chasing sure did Chubbled in that like I immediately messaged you I was like can we talk to you because we've talked oh, sure. about, we've talked about fat fetishes once like we did the whole like we talked about all different kinds But I never thought, like, you have fat fetish, and then you have chubby chasing, and I didn't necessarily align the two together, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Alex, did you? No. Yeah. I kind of thought of them as two different things. Like, Like preference and fetish. Right. Well, honestly, when it comes to preferences, I, I, okay, and this is hard because the human side of me is like, but that's my preference. But then when you think about it, I feel like all preferences have a level of problematic to them because it's based, a lot of the preferences are based on what society deems as acceptable. Like for example, if you date um, cishet men or just men in general, more people um, are prone to date like, or or like to date taller men um, Mm -hmm. because of that dynamic or whatever. Some people have said that they like the look of looking shorter or looking smaller than their partner. a lot of people will also talk about different like body types and stuff too as being preferences, which honestly speaking, I my thing is I'm not going to force you to date anyone and I don't think anyone should be forced to date anybody. The difference, what makes the difference is that you shouldn't be belittling people because they're not your preference or you shouldn't disrespect people because they're not your preference. Like I prefer to date um, partners that are taller than me, but I'm not going to disrespect people that are my height and shorter like I think that's fucking ridiculous just like I don't think you should be disrespecting um fat people because you don't fucking like fat people and that's a whole nother thing to unpack I think mm-hmm. when it comes to preferences like I I think that there is a level of unpacking that everyone has to do but mm-hmm. I think the key difference is how do you treat people that are outside of your preferences how do you treat people that aren't in your lens of desirability or aren't or that you aren't attracted to yeah I think this happens so much on TikTok where it's like I don't know these TikToks that people make in their I'm trying to think of one specifically but maybe like those ones where that's um it was like everyone's opening doors right and they're like oh fat women no close the door you know oh I don't like that I know I don't like that at all I think that's unnecessary and I think right. um honestly my new thing is because at first I used to have the benefit I used to give people the benefit of the doubt and say you know what maybe they don't understand what they're doing but I feel like people are willfully ignorant and that people do understand because if you understand that there's a discomfort when you see a fat person and you also understand that you live in a world where 90% of the time you're being thrown at um thrown 
or being seen, um, excuse me, being shown diet uh, ads and things like that. And also just the ways in which people uh, socialize fat people, not even just in, in just like life, but in, even in like a, an, an entertainment or a media standpoint, seeing how fat people are always typecast as, as a villain or typecasted as the funny friend or typecasted as the supporting role. We have an understanding of that. We don't like fat people and we're not looking to center them because they, because society is saying that they don't deserve to be centered or they don't deserve humanity. And that, um, I find a lot of times the people, when they make certain comments, they pretend to say like, oh, I'm not afraid of fat people. Or I'm not afraid of fatness. Okay, but you're on a diet 90% of your time. Mm -hmm. um, or you are, you are constantly talking about weight loss or you're trying to tell fat people about weight loss or you're trying to please fat bodies. So clearly there's a level of fear of dis and discomfort. Clearly you understand that there's a system in place that is saying that, these, that this certain group of people or this person with a certain identity shouldn't be honored as a person. So even when you see things on TikTok, like, oh, like, let's close the door on fat people or let's ha ha ha, let's make fun of them because they're fat. Like, y'all fucking know what the fuck y'all are doing. Like, let's just mm -hmm. stop with the charade. Let's stop acting like y'all don't know because y'all do. And I think we need to be in a place where people are more willing to admit that they know what they're doing and try to work towards being better versus living this facade of, oh, I don't know and I want to unlearn and I want to learn more, but you're still making fun of fat people and you're still trolling fat people and you're still telling fat people that they need to kill themselves because it'd be easier to have one less fat person on the, on earth. People are literally been, have literally been saying things like that. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to go on a rant, but like, I just feel like it, it's fucking ridiculous that it's 2021 and the thing that we are worried about most is what fat people are doing with their lives. Amen. So like, why the fuck do you care? I know. Just don't be involved then. If you don't want, like, just don't engage. Like, why are we engaging? That's my thing. But my thing is you're, but, but people are so consumed by their hate that they just feel like they have the ability to police fat bodies or they have the ability to like surveil fat bodies. Because even in the ways in which we, we look at, um, like from a from a socio-political standpoint, a socio uh, a sociological standpoint, when we look at oppressions and how they work, surveillance is one of the key parts of oppression, meaning what we have to watch people to see what they're doing. Um, that's something that Foucault talks about a lot. I'm not going into that in depth, but he kind of sets up the, the he kind of uses the allegory of how France um, had quarantined uh, people that had leprosy. And then he related it to how racism works and how certain oppressions work. So basically what they would do is literally remove people from society and then further surveil them. Same thing with fat people. We find ways to remove them from society, whether it be we don't have clothes for y'all, whether it be we don't have ample seating for y'all, whether that be let's make these algorithms very difficult on dating apps where um, it's based on who likes you and who doesn't like you. So the more people that don't like you, the less like you are likely you are to not be matched. They literally try to find ways to remove fat people and then further surveil, sur surveil um, provide surveillance or do some sort of surveillance where they're telling fat people, oh, we're going to watch to see what y'all doing because y'all are eating too much. Y'all are getting too big. We yeah. don't like y'all. And we're going to make it known that we don't like y'all and find every way possible to make you look as invisible as possible or be as invisible as possible. I think we brought this up on the last time you were here, but it's like, this is why it's so important that people of all sizes shapes color have seats at the table because the people who are running most of the things you just talked about are going to be like white maybe some women but mostly men and you know it's like no one's thinking about those things that you just said which is no and then right and then for me um i i changed one of my pronouns i i'm i i identify as non-binary now um i go by she they pronouns 
um even on certain dating apps like i don't because i i alternate between um identifying as a femme and as non-binary sometimes I'd, I'd say both but some dating apps don't have either so it's like even then now i'm not only am i fat i'm also not fitting within the categories that y'all have provided so what am i supposed to do and i don't really want to identify as a woman because i don't identify as a woman so why should i be pigeonholed mm-hmm. why are y'all making this harder than it needs to be but again they do the shit on purpose Y'all have all this money, y'all have all this reach, y'all have all these resources where you can hire people to represent the the audiences that you are not reaching just yet, but y'all choose not to. Even when you look at like some of the people that work for these these dating apps, a lot of them are not fucking fat. And then a lot of them are not black. And then a lot of them are not not femmes. It's mostly white cishet men. Mm -hmm. The proof is in the pudding. Y'all know that y'all are making these dating apps based on who they want to date, not who everybody wants to date, who the people that have developed this app want to date. That mm-hmm. includes Bumble too. Even when you look at how she made this app and you know, y'all know how I feel about Bumble. I don't need to go yeah. into it again. But like, <laughs> even the way in which she constructed Bumble is very much like, let's look, get all the finance white bros. And yeah. like, that's it. Yeah. And I'm bored. Like every time I log on to Bumble, I'm fucking bored. So I don't know if you've been on, I'm only bringing this up because I just thought of that. Like when I'm thinking of like all those dating apps and I see um, the ads that they do, you know, it's always right. like the same, maybe some people who look ambiguously like ethnic, uh, right. like different colors or whatever, but it's like usually the same kind of person, you know, like, it is. and, but I've noticed like I got an ad and maybe it's just because they know I'm fat, but Talkify. Like I've been yes, doing a I'm, lot of ads. Okay. Do you find that they're like better at? Here's the thing. Um, I can't do much because I may be doing, I can't talk much because I may be doing some work with them. So I'm not going to really talk much about it. Okay. But like I, I recently spoke to a black matchmaker about matchmaking in general. And mm-hmm. she talked about how it's very limited in terms of representation, both on the people that are receiving matchmaking, the ones that are being matched and the matchmaker themselves. There aren't a lot of black matchmakers out there that are notable and that are getting clientele frequently. Also, a lot of times what a lot of black clients were complaining to her about was that when they would go to these non-black and white um, matchmakers, and they would specifically say, hey, I'm looking for a black partner. I'm not necessarily looking to date outside my race. They would actually try to discourage them from that and tell them to be more open-minded. What? Yeah. Okay, so well, that's a preference, you, so. And also understanding like that's, you should never tell a black person to not do that because you don't understand how hard it is to date as a black person in general, number one. And number two, when you're a black non-man, it's really hard to date, especially since we have a lot of issues with our with 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 cishet men in our communities not wanting to date us, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, like we are considered to be the least desirable in terms of algorithms, in terms of like statistical data, which honestly I, I find statistics to be very problematic anyway, because they're usually skewed and made by white people. Primarily, primarily cishet white men. And number three, um, if a person is telling you something that that's their preference or that's what they want to do, especially when it's a black person saying, hey, I want to date only black people. And there especially may be a if you're paying people. for them. You're paying. Thank you. There's a le- Thank you. There we go. Because it's a service now too. There's a level for me as a black person, even though I don't mind dating outside of my race, I'd prefer to date black people because there's a level of security in that. There's a level of understanding my me as a person um i'm not going to want you to discourage me from what's going to make me feel safe and comfortable yeah 
especially if I'm paying for you to do what you need to do. So clearly you don't know how to do your fucking job if you can't even assist me, which is a whole nother conversation. But again, I'm not here to clock anyone's coins. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to say, you know, like, I don't know what fucking cup coffee y'all are drinking in the the morning, but y'all are not awake because this is a lot. And y'all are just doing the most and having the least being loud and wrong a thousand percent of the time and confidently being loud and wrong a thousand percent of the time. So sorry, I didn't mean to go on this little no, rabbit hole, but like, you're I just, <laughs> like, we love it. But like I I definitely, I'm definitely um, excited to talk about chubby chasing because I'm always willing to talk about this because yeah. this is an issue that I'm noticing is very problematic. And it's something that people are unwilling to combat and unwilling to unpack. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but y'all have to do that because there's no way that you could really date someone or really find them as valuable if you find them as a fetish or you're willing to fetishize them and not see them as human. Um, I think the biggest issue is that a lot of times people like to conflate, like I said on the slides, they like to conflate fat fetishism or chubby chasing with fat amory, which honestly speaking, I don't really understand if that's a real thing. I think people have used it as a way to not hold themselves accountable for being fetishists um, or trying to fetishize people or in, in their identities. So even like when you look at different other other identities, like there's people that say they're trans amorous or they have trans amory, which is they, they love trans folks mm-hmm. or, or queer amory or whatever. I don't think those exist. I really think that you're, you're a fucking fetishist and that you don't really give a shit about that person because nine times out of 10, you never see those people advocating for the people that they so-called love. You never see them teaching people within their communities of privilege how to better assist these communities or how to be better towards these communities or how to, and again, I don't want to say um, an ally because I think allyship is, is not real either because there's always a level of give, give and take. There's never this, oh, I want to help you because I simply want to help you. It's more like there's always a hidden agenda there. So I think it's better to say a collaborator mm-hmm. um, that who happens to have more privilege because they're a person assisting you with whatever. But right. for those, co- for, but there's never these conversations with the fat amorous or the trans amorous, uh, amorous with um, their, their, the people that should be collaborating with com- marginalized communities and teaching them how to be better and how to use their privilege for good and not use their privilege to fetishize and to further dehumanize them. There's so, again, I really think that they're, they're they're using those terms to hide what they truly have their what their true goals are um but people don't understand fat fetishism is is an extension of fat phobia because it's not about taking the whole person it's about i'm afraid of this person but i also want to sexualize this person at the same time so what am i going to do i'm going to take what i'm what i fear of the person and, and consume that versus honoring that person as a whole person and you see that not only like in dating but you also see that in media it also can trace back to history like i said on the slides i talked about sarah bartman being one of the first examples of that and sarah bartman was a teenaged girl and again i'm gonna say it again a teenage girl because a lot of times they try to paint her as a woman and she was not a woman when this was happening she was a teenage girl from um south south africa and what happened is that when the dutch took over um this black man well the dutch had been there but the, this black man had um bought her and she was his property but he was illiterate so there was this white man and i don't remember this white man's name um and honestly, I don't remember most white men's name, but, names, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but that's a whole conversation. Um, <laughs> this white man had coerced him into basically selling his rights or signing his rights over to him. And what he would do was take her to this, the infirmaries where they were, because they were fighting a war at the time. And there were these sick and dying men 
and she would basically have sex with these men and entertain them sexually mm-hmm. for pay. And then what happened because word of mouth, she became so popular that the white man then took her to, to Europe. And that's how she became well-known as the hot and hot Venus. And again, continued to sexualize her body because to use her for sex. And then when she died, France had held on to her body. They wouldn't even return her, her body to her, her rightful place for decades. What? Not just, a, not just months, not just days, decades. Why? Because white people, because they wanted to use her for research purposes, because she had a large, she was larger body. She had a, she had um, a really big ass. She had big titties. Like she was, yeah. she was a larger body person. And because of her larger extremities, they fetishized her and they looked at her as a fucking science experiment and a fucking spectacle. And they completely de- dehumanized this, this child because a teenager is still a fucking child. Yeah, I feel like the photos or like the sketches you see definitely like make her seem like an adult like yeah she's not and like old too like not like you know oh she's like in her 20s it's like this looks like a woman who's like 40 you know what I mean no for for sure and that's because because anti-black and a lot of um because of anti-blackness a lot of people view black folks primarily black femmes as older they 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 rip their they they um, make them devoid of their childhood and devoid of their ha- humanity altogether. So when we think about Sarah Bartman as an example, and we look at the modern age of how we have Drake saying, I like my girls BBW, the ones that want to suck you dry and then eat some lunch with you. But then you never see him with a larger bodied femme or a person on his arm, yep. um, completely, completely proving the point that we want to fetishize people, but we don't want to honor them as people either. So when you get on these dating apps and you see the people saying that they love BBWs or that they love, they love fat folks. And then even those Instagram pages, which I don't know that y'all have run into y'all probably have, but the ones where they have like these ridiculous and weird posts of fat people or just taking fat people's content without their consent too, because a lot of people do that. And that's very wrong and very problematic. And just this whole culture that has been created around the word BBW in general, which honestly speaking, I am not an advocate for. I know people have reclaimed the word and used it to empower them. And I understand that. I just feel like it's too monolithic and one dimensional because when you look at the word BBW or big body, beautiful woman or big body woman, whatever the fuck, I hate it, whatever. Um, number one, we're not all women. Number two, not every fat person is a femme. Yeah. So to impl- that implication that they're femme too is problematic. And number three, I find that a lot of cishet men use that to further remove humanity from fat folks, primarily fat femmes, fr- primarily fat black femmes. Um, especially when you say to them, hey, don't refer to me as such. I don't like that. Then they get nasty with you. It's like, but yo, there's a level of consent in how you address me too. Mm-hmm. And if I'm telling you that I don't want to be addressed as such, and you're claiming that you love fat people, but you don't feel like you feel like you should be entitled to call me whatever you want to call me, then do you really love me? Right. Or you love an idea of something. Or you love, and, and that's an old another conversation too that ties into that. There's also this thing that I've, I don't know if y'all have experienced it, but like, especially with, cause I'm in a phase now where I'm more casual. I, I've decided where I, I want to take a break from looking for a relationship and I'd rather just date and fuck. And I'm okay yeah. with that. Um, but I'm not really doing much dating nor fucking right now. Um, <laughs> You're too busy. Like I got a crumb of penis the other day and it was great, but like, oh. <laughs> it was amazing, but like, <laughs> but like, <laughs> definitely could use more. Um, <laughs> Um, but I say that to say this, I find that a lot of times, even when you look at prospective sexual partners or prospective partners in general, um, 
they like the fantasy of being with you or fucking you or dating you, but they don't necessarily have a follow through to actually do those things. And that's because when you set things on your terms as the more marginalized person and you're, you're setting boundaries, you're, you're owning your power. You're saying, listen, I'm doing this, this, and this with you. And that's it. Or this and this, and this is what I'm allowing. And I want to make my experience pleasure centric. And I want to make my experience reciprocal. And I want to make my experience consensual. They're not going to want to follow through with that because that removes the fantasy of them controlling the idea of you or controlling this this image that they've created of you. There's the other thing where they do do these things with you and then they go ghost because it's like, damn, like the fantasy has been removed or I like this person and now I have to deal with those feelings or it's a combination of those things. And then the added fact that you're fat on top of that. And they're, they're like, I don't know if I could be seen in public with this person because of that. It's very problematic. So chubby chasing, again, is very much what it is, chasing after fat people to fetishize them, but not necessarily honor them as people and creating these, these grandiose fantasies um, that, that are behind closed doors where they will keep you too, but it never goes beyond that. So if we're going to say like, chubby chasing is now we're saying it's like bleeding into fat fetishes right like right. what what would you say like how can someone who does have a fat preference or just like really doesn't have a preference at all just like likes bodies I guess I don't know um where do we draw the line like what how do we say like you are being courteous and respectful um and you're not just I don't know you're not bleeding into this like weird line I think we just have to understand that um, when it comes to people's identities, um, it's okay to be attracted to people for certain facets, but also understanding that you that that line is very thin and and honestly I don't even think it's a solid line it's it feels very dashed because there's a lot of bleeding through on both sides and I think personally most I have not really found any people that don't that that claim to love fat people as not being fat fetishists. Um, and I also think that in order for you to fully love somebody, I think you will honor them as a person and you won't be fucking weird about it. And I think the way that you will behave towards that person will manifest that and will definitely show that. Because mm-hmm. if you're around fat people all the time and you're following all the fat people and you're in every fat person's face and you are DMing all these fat people like you know the, the typical things on social media where you'll see like a chubby chaser or, or fat fetishist and they'll come they'll try to message you but then you'll look at the people that they follow and it's all your other fat friends mm-hmm. um it's it, which i listen again it's fine if it's consensual because there are some people that don't mind being fetishized that's okay i don't i don't like it but it, but i mean if you're gonna pay me for it that's different because a lot of times these men also ask for like sexual labor too and it's like you can't ask people for sexual labor that they're not really wanting to do and not consent con- compensate them for it right so i i do think that there are some people that do want to be fetishized and that's and again that's fair prerogative but the the key here is consent and that's where you draw the line because if I'm telling you that I'm uncomfortable or you're seeing there's a level of uncom- discomfort. Also, the other thing is these men do not ask if this is okay to behave in this way. They don't ask, they just do. Yeah. At that, at that point, I would my response would be, you need to ask questions. You need to ask me if this is okay. Or if I tell you, no, this is not okay and you get a fucking attitude about it, clearly you don't give a shit about me as a person. Have you ever experienced this with anybody that else that's not men? Like, has a woman fetishized you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I'm queer. I date. I date everybody. So yeah. like, there have been times where it's mostly cishet men, but I've gotten a, and it's mostly white women that fetishize me. Honestly, especially if I'm out in public, like at a club or something. Um, mm-hmm. 
because I'm always half-ass naked when I go out. So whatever. I'm half-ass naked, period. But like, I'm always <laughs> you, you look gorgeous. Yes. Thank you. No, thank you. But like, when I go out to clubs and stuff, I remember one time in 2019, I had, it was a summer. Um, I had on like this leopard print two-piece outfit, you know, basic fashion Nova bullshit, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're at this, I'm at this club called Birch in Hoboken, which is like up the street from where I live. It's in Hudson County. It's right across the water from New York City. Um, Birch is a hot ass mess. Um, but it's a lot of fun when you get drunk. And if you're me and you go high and drunk, it's even more fun. But anyway, so we're, I'm at Birch. I'm minding my high and drunk crossfaded business, you know, just chilling, looking cute. My friend is dancing. I'm waving to her from the stairs because I'm trying to take a picture. And this white woman comes up and like touches like my body and is like, oh, like you're so gorgeous. And like, you're just so beautiful and you're so curvaceous and you just have, you just have this nice ass and all this stuff. And this happens to me all the time. Like mm. all the fucking time. And it's very weird because it's like they put you on the spot and then you don't want to tweak because I'm the black feminist in this situation, especially the black fat feminist situation. So if I say like, don't fucking touch me, then all of a sudden it becomes an altercation and yeah. then I'm the angry one. And the next thing yeah. you know, I'm getting kicked out the club. Mm-hmm. It's fucking stupid. But it also becomes when this thing becomes a re- regular thing online where there are white women contacting me like this one white woman I don't know if she's a bot or whatever but she was like I just want to lay on your body and just kiss you everywhere and just rub your all your your rolls and fatness and stuff and I this was like her second third sentence to me beloved I don't know you Mm -mm." right yeah exactly what you're like do I even want this said to me like well, if I'm deep in a relationship, not sure about that. <laughs> so a third message. Right, even if, right. Just, just how you want to be treated as a person. Like you didn't even say hi to me. You didn't even ask me how I was doing. Your first thing that, that you think is okay is to touch me and you don't fucking know me. That's mm-hmm. not okay. No. And that goes to show you white people, primarily white people feel like they are entitled to black bodies because yeah the ways that we look at fat black bodies, primarily fat bodies in general, come from the transatlantic slave trade. I don't know if y'all have read Sabrina Strings Fear in the Black Body. Um, I've spoken to her, she's fucking amazing. Um, truly one of my heroes. She wrote a book about how there's a link between anti-blackness and fat phobia because fat phobia is an extension of that and mm-hmm. how the genesis of that came from the transatlantic slave trade and how black white people feel about black bodies and how society feels about black bodies is based on slavery. It makes a lot of sense when you go to a club and you are a fat black person, fat black femme, who people love to mammy and also try to fetishize at the same time. And mammying means like, oh, like you're the fat black friend that's going to be the motherly role. And um, I'm going to come to you and trauma dump on you. And um, you're going to be the one that I take the worst pictures of in a group picture. Like it's, it's, it's very weird behavior, which is a whole nother episode for a whole nother day. But um, just the fact that this white woman felt like it was okay to just touch up on me and didn't even ask me. And I'm like, Karen, no. no and I was and I was she caught me at the right time because I wasn't I was a little disoriented so I was like at first I was like oh, I don't know what's going on but whatever but then when I thought about it, I'm like this bitch really just touched me like what the fuck yeah like, no absolutely not I absolutely get that because I mean I don't have the same experiences as you obviously but like even when men do it at bars and stuff oh. I had a guy like literally pick me up and move me what? Yeah, what? at a bar because I was like in the way and he just like picked me up and moved me. I was like, what? I've never felt more violated <laughs> like in my you life. Just say, excuse me? Right. I know. What? I know. 
but that's so gross again people feel entitled to larger bodies because Mm -hmm. again you don't deserve that humanity because they think that fatness is a manifestation of poor life choices Mm -hmm. and that you have since you were the one that make the poor life choices you have to deal whatever perceptions and whatever projections or whatever mistreatment that you receive because you what deserve it and that's not fair that makes absolutely no sense and i think that's very disgusting to think that just because people are fucking fat that it, it makes it okay to abuse them yeah it is not okay that i'm going to a club and you are filling up on me without my consent it's not okay in a, in a live in a club where you could have or a bar where you could have said Ex- fucking excuse me you decide to pick me up and put me down like i'm a fucking lego <laughs> no so true i'm not a fucking building block what the fuck are you doing and you could have just literally just said excuse me what was the purpose of that and then sometimes i feel like when they behave in that way they kind of try to embarrass you as a fat person on purpose that's a whole nother thing where when you're out in public and cishet men primarily do things on purpose to try to embarrass women femmes primarily fat black femmes and they think that it's funny and then when you find thin people like your th- like thin friends and thin people around them thinking it's funny that shit is not funny that's abusive yeah how dare you i agree and these are people that have fat people in them their lives like well i was just gonna say aren't members like usually it's the guy who then like messages you later and then they message you yes they message you later and they're like oh i want to talk to you or i want to come fuck you you literally just embarrassed me in front of everybody Mm -hmm. you think you deserve coochie after you were being a fucking asshole absolutely not you are not invited here no i don't want a crumb i don't don't know I can get a crumb elsewhere. <laughs> a crumb of dick might be my new favorite. Like, I know. Absolutely. We need to put that I, on a shirt. I'm taking a lot from this, from this conversation. <laughs> a crumb of dick is, is high on the list. Not going to oh, lie. <laughs> you need to make a graphic for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, man. I, um... I get fetishized a lot online by strangers, strange men rolling in my hands. I have found out a guy I went on a date with this past summer turned out to have a fat fetish. He was a theater and he found us through the podcast and he texted me and we had this long conversation, but then he used F-A as like a term, fat admirer or whatever. Yes, And like, and he talked a lot about like BBW and super BBW. And basically like, he was trying to tell me like that our thoughts about it were wrong. Like, like basically that it's okay to be fetishized. Like that's what I got from it. If that's not what he was telling me, lines got clearly crossed. Um, So earlier you said there's a very like dotted line. So is every person who's attracted to a fat person in any sense, like if they're attracted to your whole being and your body, like, are we calling that like a fetish? Like if they're not outright, like this is a fetish, like say a guy I'm dating right now, he finds me attractive. He finds all like a lot of me, like my brain and like all, he likes me as a person too. Correct. But right. is, is, does he have a fat fetish if he is attracted to my body? Again, again, I think it's how you behave. Like I, I, I think it's all about how you treat people. Cause if these treat, this person is treating you like a human being and they want to honor your body, that's great. And I think that's beautiful. But if they're not treating you as a human being and they want to hit you with this, all this, this, this BBW and chubby chasing extra shit, like it gets on my nerves. These are separate people I'm talking about. The one who is a feeder, not talking to him, not talking to him. And I mean, listen, there are people that have feeder fetishes. Mm -hmm. Again. If it's consensual, it's great. 
That's what I say. If it's consensual, it's great. I am not here to police anybody's bedroom or wherever y'all fucking or whatever y'all doing. I am not here to yuck anyone's yum. I am here to say if it is not consensual, it is not a go. Do not cook pass go. Do not collect $200. You are being fucking out of pocket. It has to be consens- consensual, period. You just say yuck my your yum and another. That is the delightful. I'm not here to yuck your yum. That yeah, is like I'm not here to do that because I mean, I have kinks and shit too. Like, yeah, um, but like, I'm, I'm not gonna like sit up here and, and, and mistreat people or make them yeah. feel like they're a fucking yeah. spectacle because of the things that they come with like that because I don't like that shit happening to me. So let's say th- in theory, like you are dating someone and they do want to like fetishize a part of you or like, let's say you've been dating for like three months and they're like, okay, okay, like, I'm into this. I didn't really like reveal it, but I'm into it. And now I want to do something about it. Like it's some sort of kink. Like how do you, how would you navigate that? I think the best thing to do is have a conversation and set boundaries and let the person know what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. And if you can't see eye to eye on that, you may have to find another partner, find another way to to figure things out because honestly, or find other partners. Some people like more than one partner and that's okay too. Um, I think the best thing to do is communicate and set boundaries, period, in any relationship, whether it's just sexual, whether it's friendship, whether it's romantic, whether it's a multitude of things, have that conversation. Yeah, because I think so many people just like feel like they have to do the thing because now like I only say three months because I feel like sometimes that does happen where it's like you get into a relationship and now you feel like comfortable. So you feel like obligated to do something. So I think like it's still like you're saying it's worth it to still be like, hey, like I get that this is something you need, but how do we both get something out of it? Right. And how do I let you know that I, what I'm, and, and, and how do you let that person know this is what I'm comfortable with? This is what I'm not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. It's about having those conversations and people don't want to have hard conversations. People think it's easier just to be self-serving or it's easier just to, to assume that that person is going to go along with it. And that's not fair. Mm-hmm. I think if you are like care about the person, if you talk about it and they care about and respect you too, there probably is a happy medium so they can get what they need and you can feel respected and get what you I agree so like I agree I think that a conversation does have to happen even if it's hard I agree according to my therapist those conversations need to happen (laughs) no my therapist my therapist and I talk about stuff all the time and we just talked today about because I I told her about my crumb addict experience and like um (laughs) (laughs) like I haven't had sex in like 18 months because of COVID so yeah Mm. I've been very like it's been it's been very upsetting for me because sex is a very important part important part of my life um and like I talked to her about it but I said that this guy is fucking terrible at communicating um and like I don't know what the fuck he wants and she's like well you know you have to have these conversations because if the the communication continues to be lopsided and you can't set your boundaries effectively then you may have to find another person or find other people because that's not going to mesh well where you are in your life. And that's true. Like, I think, again, the biggest thing is that we have to be okay with setting boundaries. And what that reminds me of is that as fat folks, 
we're not always taught to set these boundaries. We're taught that you take whatever you can get because you're not going to get anything else. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of times when you're in these situations with these fat fetishists and they bring up these things to you and you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna go with it because it's not that bad. Uh, This is a decent person. So maybe it's going to be okay. No, you were entitled to your comfort, just like they were entitled to expressing to you how they were comfortable with that fetish. You are entitled to say, I am not comfortable with that. I am here to center my pleasure too. I want to center yours. However, I'm here to center mine as well, because again, you have more privilege than I do. So I'm going to fight for myself when any chance that I get, I think we need to be taught more self-advocacy and we need to be taught, be taught that as fat folks, it's okay to set boundaries and it's okay to say no. It is. Even if people try to gaslight you, because then that happens too. Like, oh, you're not going to find nobody else. Oh, you being picky now. Oh, you're not going to find anyone else. Oh, your options are limited. Limited. No, if you really cared about me, you would honor, like you said, Nikki, you would honor my needs and my comfort and my boundaries. I think that goes along with like us knowing that we have options. Also goes with yeah. like goes with us saying that we only go to out with people we're excited about. We also have to state those boundaries for ourselves and know that for we sure, have- for sure. And like I, because I, I recently I just got out of a phase where I was giving people a chance that I necessarily didn't want to give a chance. I don't think you. And again, I think there's a difference between being open minded and being um, sticking to what you want and what you need. Because if you notice that someone that's not going to make you feel good or someone that's not going to bring you excitement or bring you joy. Why waste your time? And why let any other, any people talk you into this? I don't know if y'all have had friends, but I've had some friends and family tell me about, oh, you need to take a chance on people or, oh, you need to give this person a chance or, or try something new. Oh, honestly, why? Honestly, we talk why? about this a lot. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. Why? And then you want to, you feel pressure to give them more chances because people are like, well, they're so great. They're so great, but are they might be great, but they're not great for me. But yeah. like, right. you have right. to go, why do I have to waste my time? Like to prove that to other people, mm-hmm. but they don't right? but they don't do that to everybody. Like you don't see thin people telling other thin people to give somebody a chance. They know that they have options lining up at the door for them. That's why when they, that's why it's very weird to me when y'all feel, when I tell you that I don't like somebody or they're weird or I'm uncomfortable with how they're behaving. And they're like, you know what? Maybe give them another chance. Fuck no. Just like you have options, just like you can say no and decline and be okay with it. Why can't I do that too? Yes. Mm-hmm. You're more to, just because you're in a more desirable body. That means that you have more options that'll respect you, or you should have more options where you can say yes or no to them. I have to say the yes to everything. Again, it goes back to this idea that fat people don't deserve anything because of the poor choices we've made. Therefore we deserve nothing but poor choices, even when it comes to the dating pool which is really a fucking cesspool, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not great. It's not at all. Especially now after the pandemic, I feel like it's even worse. My God. I know we all horny as hell. I know we are all tired of being in the house. I know we are all t- we are all happy to, that we got one t- or two needles stuck in us so that we can actually be trying to be COVID free or whatever the fuck, which again, mm-hmm. I don't know, but whatever. I know that we are all in a space where we are not... We, we, we want to break free from whatever shackles this pandemic has held us under. I get it. However, the people are treating us like this is a free for all where you can do and say whatever to people. And it's weird. The same behaviors that these men were, were exhibiting before the pandemic have been exacerbated times 30. Well, I think like, it's like people are saying these things in your DMs. Now they're saying to your face. Yes. yes. And I'm like, wait, what is happening? <laughs> and what, what? I know. I know. Like I, I've had men like 
I've had men like yell at me because in my building, I'm, I was at the pool. Um, I have a, I live in a, a building that has four stories and there's a rooftop. There was a man yelling at me from the rooftop. There have been men when I, when I was coming from my second back appointment, there was a man yelling at me from his car, his phone number. Like what? I don't understand. What are we doing? Like, what like, the hell you? Why do they think that's going to work? It's not cute. I I'm just, not a dog. It do must I have look happened. Like Lassie? <laughs> listen, I know, listen, I know I'm a big bitch, but I'm not Clifford. Do not yell at me. Do not yell at me. What the fuck? Oh my God. No. Y'all so weird. And I'm hear. sorry. I'm, I know I'm not as eloquent today as I've been in the past, but like no. enough. Are you joking? Enough. I can't do this. You're I amazing. just can't do it. I get it. The yellow, like, like, like men are weird. <laughs> y'all so primitive. What's wrong with y'all? Yelling from your car, yelling from... Like yelling from a fucking rooftop. And I even yelled back to him. I'm like, you're yelling. This is not Rapunzel. I'm not going to ask you to let down your hair and then I'm going to climb up. No, I literally yelled that. Like, this is not fucking Rapunzel. Oh, yeah. the fuck? Do you feel like it's been the same in the, like when you're trying to date women? <sighs> dating. Okay. So dating, when it comes to like dating in queer spaces, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fat phobia in that too. Um, and like, it, I've, I haven't really been able to date as many uh, non-men as I'd like to. Um, now that I've changed my my gender identity, I find that it may be a little easier um, and that I find that um, I may find more like non-binary folks or, or non-men folks that I could date, which I would love to do. Um, but also like, there's just a lot of hesitancy for me because it's just like, I, it's, I don't know how to approach other femmes sometimes. And like, even though I might be saying, hey, your outfit is cute or hey, I have a crush on you. And they think, oh, they like, ha ha ha, thank you. Like, and they're actually not laughing at me, but they think it's cute. I'm like, no, but I really want to like make out. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I really want to fuck. So like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not just saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm not just saying you look like you actually, I'm really attracted to you. But like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just, but it's, I don't know how to approach femme. And that's something that I'm trying to work on. Yeah. And I've talked to my other queer, like fat black femme friends. And they're all like, I don't really know how to f- approach other non-men either. Like, it's a very weird thing. It's, it's very hard. And again, I feel like since we live in a, in a very cis heteronormative world, it's easier to know how to approach men because number one, they're so consumed by their privilege that they're literally they really, they don't have that many moves. They don't have, they have a limited range of motion. Like they don't, they can only do but so much, right? And we all know that it's not that hard to, to, to figure out these men. Right. They all do the same shit. Versus I feel like there's a lot more nuances when it comes to dating with as a queer person. And also there's a lot still to unpack because I feel like even as a queer person, you still have to unpack your own level of queer phobia. You still have to unpack all the things that you've internalized from living in a cis heteronormative world. So that on top of that, try, and then on top of trying to figure out how to date within those spaces, that could become difficult. And then when I was talking to some people that were in queer spaces, they've also said some of the things that I've heard from other cishet people. Like there's this one really cool non-binary person that um, I was talking to them and I was really attracted to them and they, they were really cool. And they were like, I just find you to be so intimidated. Like I'm so intimidated by you. And I'm like, why? They're like, cause you're just so smart and you're so, you're so pretty. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just a fucking person. What do you mean? I'm yeah. like, you're smart and pretty too. What the fuck? You're like, shouldn't you so be attracted to it? that? I'm smart and pretty. Like that should be attractive. That's the thing that pisses me off, Nikki. Like, what do you mean? What, that, that's intimidating. I'm intimidated because you a good person. What? I know. 
So what are you like? What? So are you a bad? What are you saying? Are you a bad person? Like, like what do you mean? That just why is that scary to you? It's because they're insecure. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. Insecurity is a human condition. I understand. However, like, don't project that onto other people, no, yeah, and don't tell people that you 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 intimidated by them. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, and then and then sometimes I ask, would you be intimidated if I were thin? Like, you probably wouldn't be. So I I don't know. I get that a lot. A lot of people are always like, well, they're probably just intimidated by you. And it's like, well, I'm sorry that I have like three businesses. Okay. <laughs> but Alex, but why? But why is that a problem? Though that's my thing. Is why know. is that that? Why is it that you being successful is a problem? Why is it that you living your best life, regardless of your identity, is a problem? Do you think it's the control? Yeah. Right. And it's a, because and, it's, and you, even the things you're talking about too. It's like you're smart, you're funny, you're pretty. Like you're all these things that like it would make it harder to control you. Listen, you ain't getting shit out of me unless I want to. Want you right. to? Period. That's where I'm at. So like. It's weird. This is the thing. This it's it's really a double-edged sword as a fat person because we're taught that as fat people, because we lack in desirability, that we have to build ourselves up. We have to be smart. Yeah. We have to go to school. We got to make sure we're hyper feminine. We mm-hmm. got to make sure we dress a certain way. We got to make sure we look a certain way. And mm-hmm. then we do reach those pinnacles that we have been told to achieve, and then people get mad at us. So it's like you're damned if you do. You're being told that you're not good enough, so you got to do everything else to make you as good as possible. And then when you are as good as possible, and you you're actually exceeding everyone's expectations, then it's like, oh, you intimidating. But five minutes ago, you just told me I wasn't good enough and I had to do X, Y, and Z. And then I do X, Y, and Z and one, two, and three. And I'm, and I'm intimidating now. Yeah, I'm too much. But again, I'm only in, I'm only too much because I'm exceeding your expectations and I, and my existence is making you challenge your own fat phobia or have, or facing it or not even challenging it, having to face those fat phobia, um, that fat, those fat phobic internalizations that you've held on to because you don't want to let go of any privilege. Right. It's so frustrating. Ted the dog agree. agrees. Ted too. agrees. I know. T- Ted always agrees at the exact time that we need him to. <laughs> he agrees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ted. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I think, like, I don't know. I, everything you said today, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. Check, check, check. Like, agree on everything. So at the end of the day, what she's saying is that if they respect us as humans and they listen to our yeah. boundaries... Maybe they have a little inkling of a fat fetish, but as long as they respect us, we're good. I no? think as long I think as long as you respect people and you don't mistreat them, and then you don't project that fa- that that fetish onto them, especially when they've told you that listen, this is this is this, I have I'm setting a boundary that this makes me uncomfortable, and I would rather you not treat me in that way. I think it should be okay, and I think honestly, what needs to be had is that we need to have more communal conversations. Um, among, not only amongst ourselves, such as this, but also with the people with privilege too, because thin people uh, fetishize fat people all the time. Because I think fetishism goes beyond sex. This idea that that um, people are looking for to have a Lizzo experience, to have a Lizzo in their life, to validate them, mm-hmm. is also a form of fetishizing too. Like like saying, "Oh my God, Lizzo's so comfortable in her skin," and so like that's not true. We're not always comfortable in our skin. And you know that, and you're, you know, if you're not comfortable, what makes you think anybody else is? Yes. Yes. We all have good days and bad days. It's this idea that you have that people 
that um people kind of have to perform labor for you to feel better about you too that i feel like that's on the same in the same vein as fetishizing too so i think communities of privilege need to have conversations about how they treat and not just fat people just identity fetishizing in general how do we treat people accordingly and yes i may i'm and and i may like facets of that person but how am i going to ensure that i'm treating that person as a person and i'm not fetishizing them because i actually am afraid of them yes a lot to take in but yes it is it is yeah. it's a very multi-layered conversation because mm-hmm. you you do want to you do want people to feel safe enough to share how they feel about other people but they you also want to ensure that they're doing it in a way where they're not harming people because fetishizing someone is, can cause a level of harm and i find mm-hmm. it to be harmful because again it lacks consent and anything that lacks consent is harmful man well thank you so much for coming and talking to us again thank you for having me this was fun yeah no we I learned so much yeah. I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you all too. Yeah. Shan, where can people find you? You can find me at Shy So that's C H E Y M O D double E. Um, that is on Instagram. That is also on Twitter. And that's pretty much where you can find me okay. for the most part. Yeah. And then the links to my work and stuff are in those, in those accounts. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody go follow her. She's yes. the best. Um, we love her. Obviously, we've said it nine times, but yeah, we love her. We love it. <laughs> we love her. We love her. All right. Well, you can also find us at uh, Swipe Fat on TikTok and on Instagram. And if you want to join our private Facebook group, that's Swipe Fat Podcast on Facebook. Um, don't forget to leave us a rating, only if it's a good one. Just yeah, kidding. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.